The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, live at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Thank you for making the Swain Event part of your morning. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, with you from 7 to 10 a.m. Over 150 vehicles in stock here at Betty Chevrolet. Lifetime warranty on most and new most new and on uh, pre-owned vehicles, excuse me, never pay over MSRP for new vehicles here at Beatty Chevrolet. They will trade for anything. They will buy your vehicle. That is BeattyChevrolet.com. Lifetime warranty on most new and pre-owned vehicles. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. I hope you are well. I am doing well. Excited to watch the Steelers on Monday Night Football tonight. Have a big football game inside of Neyland Stadium this Saturday. Excited to uh, take care of a paramedic with our season tickets that were gifted to us by our anonymous Wayne Event donor. Excited to, to mm-hmm. do that and uh, help help somebody in the health field. They, they've had a quite a stretch so excited for the game this saturday for for that reason and obviously it, it's going to be a big football game great game on saturday night b- b- between tennessee and kentucky it's a it's a great time of year a lot of sports going on and uh, a lot of tennessee teams winning so hard to complain right now for sure man for sure uh you were at the game uh you did a good job joining us there at halftime for the first broadcast of vol cast uh in game show and Jonathan Wade and Gerard Parrish and uh, Jabari Davis joined throughout the show and just want to tell those guys thank you and thank you to everyone that that joined Uh, obviously it was our first time so it wasn't like watching Manning cast or you know film room when the national championship game is playing there was no broadcast inside of the broadcast uh, of the game so uh, that made it a little bit different you can't do that anyways because of the, of the rights. Uh, and then we had some people that were ahead, some people that were behind, but for the most part, uh, I thought we had a really good time, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to do it, and uh, thank you to everyone for, for joining us. We'll see what happens in the future, but uh, it was it was cool to, to do something new and to try it out. So, um, you know, I had a, I had a good time. Um, it's not ideally how I like to watch the football game, um, but – you know, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's something that I know a lot of people have been wanting. Um, I know Wade wanted to do it. Um, I was excited to, to, to do it for the first time. 
uh, after I you know, said, okay, let's do it. You know, I was looking forward to it. I was excited about doing it. Um, but it's not my ideal way of watching the football. Ben, you were at the game. Man. I want to start with you and give and, and get, hear your opening thoughts and opening comments because uh, I want to I want to show my compassion this morning. I'm a pretty compassionate person. I'm a pretty nice guy. When you most of the time. No, I'm a pretty nice guy most of the time. See, here's the thing about me. I know me. I don't lie to me. I know who I am. I've been the same person for 37 years. I've grown in some areas and some other other areas. I'm still trying to grow. But I don't lie to myself. I'm nice most of the time. But when I'm not nice, it's 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 not a nice scene. And uh, I do think I'm I'm think I think I'm pretty compassionate. I I do think I care about others. And even though we played a football game against a team that is a rival, I just want to show some compassion to these guys, man. So and these fans. So Ben, I'll let you start first, and then I'm going to show my softer side here. <laughs> When you get done. I, I, I look forward to that, and, and I'm sure most people would rather hear you be compassionate than, than me go on and on. Uh, so I'll, I'll just keep it to, to the basics because I, I kind of think you can split it up into three conversations, Swain. Mm-hmm. You can talk about the offensive performance, which led the way on Saturday night. You can obviously talk about the defensive performance. It's the worst one of the season. To this point, mm-hmm. uh, but but also you can have a conversation about the magnitude of the win, and that's where I am going to start because I I, I am just blown away that this football team is going to have a chance to to win eight games, assuming that it does not stub its toe against South Alabama or Vanderbilt. And, and I realize yeah. technically this team will have a chance to win nine games because there is a game with Georgia remaining on the schedule. But I'm going to play it safe and say that this team is is going to have a chance to win eight games, and that is truly remarkable. What a coaching job by Josh Heupel and his coaching staff. What a level of of, um, dedication and execution. Uh, There's a lot of adjectives that that you could use to describe the job the players have done as, as well. Uh, it's it's mind blowing to me that after off after the off season that Tennessee had, it's going to have a chance to win eight games. Uh, Josh Heupel, in my opinion, right now is the SEC coach of the year, and Brian Harson, he he was in the conversation and still is in the conversation. He goes out and beats Alabama. Uh, it, it's his it's his award to lose, um, but I, I I give Josh Heupel the slight edge. Right now, right now, over Brian Harson, uh, because Brian Harson didn't have to deal with what Josh Heupel had to deal with over the off season as he entered his first season uh, there at Auburn and, and Heupel here in in Knoxville. So, just what what a an accomplishment that this team is going to have a chance to win eight games, and then also Swain, it sets up for Tennessee to have a marquee football game in the month of November. I'm not going to sit here and pick Georgia to win, not on Monday, not on Friday, not on Saturday. I mean, I'm not going to pick Tennessee to win. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia to win. I, I will. But it's still a, a very interesting game 
Uh, I am fascinated to see if, if Tennessee can, can make anything happen this Saturday. And I, I realize it's not the game of the century and it's not the greatest football game of all time. Uh, so when I say marquee, somewhat take it with a grain of salt. But when was the last time Tennessee played this significant of a football game in the month of November? Uh, part of that is Tennessee's own doing. Part of it is the fact that the scheduling has always set up to where you're not really going to play a marquee game in November uh, because Vanderbilt and Kentucky have traditionally been played in this month. And uh, Missouri joined the league and, and there for a while. It was Missouri in the month of November. And then you played a, a non-conference team like South Alabama. So that contributed. Uh, but it, it's really cool to see a, a marquee Really intriguing big time football game on the schedule in November at the end of the year. That that is that is fascinating. So just a a, a massive win for Tennessee. I, I don't care if it's over Kentucky or not. That's a a pretty solid Kentucky football team, Kentucky football program right now under Mark Stoops, who is now two and seven against Tennessee as head coach of Kentucky. Tennessee beating Kentucky thirty four out of the last thirty seven. Uh, first top twenty five win for Tennessee since it beat a top 25 Kentucky team back in 2018. Tennessee's now beaten Kentucky 82 times, which is more than any other opponent. Tennessee 82-26-9 against Kentucky all time. Uh, it was just an incredible win, big win for, uh, for Tennessee. And I think my favorite stat is that last, or Saturday night was the first time in Kentucky history in which it scored 41 points and lost. And Kentucky had been 119-0 and when scoring 41 points. Wow. Ben, you're pretty good at this stuff, man. Anybody told you you're pretty good at this stuff, talking about sports? No. Anybody told you you're pretty good about talking about the teams that you cover? You're pretty good at this stuff, Ben. I might. That's a good job, man. I'm proud of you, man. That was good. I'm that ready good. to hear you be compassionate. Well, I mean, I am compassionate. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a good person. Um, and after I was excited about Tennessee winning and happy, uh, even though we didn't play the way we wanted to play, and that's that's okay. I would rather take a ugly win than a pretty loss any day of the week. And that's what team is all about. When one side is not playing hot, when one player is not playing hot, you have – the other teammates lift everyone else up. And that was the case on on Saturday. I was, I've been a part of games where the defense played lights out and the offense didn't do anything. Defense played well enough to win, and we didn't win the game. And, you know, it's tough. But, man, we found a way to win. And when it was time to make a play, Tennessee made the play to win. And you just never know when that play is going to happen in the course of – you know, a football game. You just never know. This is why you play every play like it's at last. This is why you want to have extreme focus. It's, this is why you want to have maximum effort because you just never know what play is going to be the play to win. I don't know if you noticed, Ben, but Kentucky fans are pretty mad. <laughs> just a little bit. Pretty upset. Pretty upset. I mean, like, like fish grease, hotter than fish grease mad. Like, super, super upset. Salty, salty. And before clapping back, which will be the normal response, right? When someone is getting mad at you, or someone is insulting you, and someone is salty towards you, the immediate response would be to clap back, right? That, that would be the immediate response. 
in the good book it tells you to turn the other cheek. But most of us, we, we turn the other cheek, but we want to come back around with the backhand. That's most of our response. Although that's what I wanted to do. I said, you know what? Let me put myself in their shoes. Let me empathize. Let me be compassionate here. Let me try to understand why they are so salty. Why are they so mad? I mean mad. So let's put ourselves in their shoes here, Ben. Mark Stoops was hired in 2013. He came from a pretty good program at the time, Florida State, right? Florida State just came off a national championship. Jimbo Fisher won one there with, with Jamie Winston. He was eating W's and eating crab legs, whatever. They won a championship at Florida State. He comes from Florida State. And Kentucky's feeling good. Finally, we got a winner that wants to be here. He, he gets in there. 2013, they go 2-10. and 10. Didn't win a game in the SEC. But since then, it got better and better and better. They've put players in the NFL. They have out-recruited some SEC teams that have out-recruited them in the past. These are facts. This, is ha- this has happened. They have developed players and put them in the NFL. The Josh Allens of the world who outplayed Josh Allen in the Buffalo. Josh Allen was the best Josh Allen in the league yesterday. The Kentucky's Josh Allen with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they have they've they've had guys that they've developed put in, in the NFL. They have an NFL offensive line right now. But since 2013, they haven't had a scandal with their football program. They have not had a coaching search with their football program. They've been stable. They've been steady. They have experienced some big wins. They have beat some powerhouse football programs during Mark Stoops' time. They've been pretty good when you consider where they came from. A couple years ago, 2018, man, man, they won 10 games overall. Nine in the regular season and then one in the Sutras Bowl. Second in the East. Man, fist pump, right? Give me that fist pump, Ben. Do you see me? Do you see me right now? I do. Give me that fist pump. Mm. Ten wins, double digits, Kentucky football. Yo, that's a fist pump. Give me the fist pump. Yes. Yes. In that year, one of their three losses was to Tennessee. First-year head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, arguably the worst coach in SEC football history. And the quarterback there was Jerry Garantano. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. This was, this was their season. That's part of the frustration. Kentucky fans, I'm, I'm, I'm with you this morning. I understand. I understand. They went 5-3 and three in the conference that year in 2018. To the momentum. This is it. All right, this is it. Coach Cal, we about to catch up with you, Coach Cal. No more, no more talking about basketball in, in October. Here we go, Coach Cal. Got the football program rocking and rolling. This is going to be the game, the season. We get over the hump. Here we go. 2019 comes. Mm. Won eight games, right? Which is, I mean, it's good. Kentucky standards, but it's still stuck back. And then last year was COVID. Went five and six. Should have beat Auburn on the road, but you didn't have the quarterback play. Got to have the quarterback play. Terry Wilson Jr. was thought to be the 
the, 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 the guy that's holding everything back. That's the position that, that's holding everything back. So now we're going to fix it. We got some momentum. We went out here and got us a, some five stars. We've outbid it. I mean, out-recruited, oh, excuse me, out-recruited some um, big-time programs. And like a big-time program, they say, you know what, we're going to pull some dudes from the NFL to come coach. So they did that, Ben. They went to the NFL and pulled an offense coordinator from the NFL to come coach football in Kentucky. Not, 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 not go coach on the basketball program or with the basketball program, but come coach football for Kentucky. So they did that with Liam Cohen, right, Ben? They went out and got somebody from the NFL to coach offense. Mm-hmm. A great offensive mind. And, listen, he did a great job on Saturday. He was awesome. So they go out, they get offense coordinator, and they're feeling good. That's not the only place where they upgraded. Yo, Kentucky was one of the best teams in the country last year at adding players to their program from the transfer portal. They were going out and getting starting players from other programs in the SEC and outside the SEC to their program, Ben. I mean, Kentucky tore it up. They went out and got Waddell Robinson from, from, from Nebraska, who's from Kentucky. They, got, they went out and got Jamari Brown, MJ Devonshire. No, no, they lost him. Um, they lost Jabari, Jamari Brown, excuse me. Um, but they went out and got Ole Miss transfer. Jacquez Jones, a linebacker. Jack- they got a linebacker from Michigan State. They went out and got Derrick Rosenthal from LSU to play tackle. They went out and got several guys in the transfer I'm, portal. Will Levis right. from Penn That's State. That's right. That's right. That's right. Looking at the list right here, man. I mean, they went out and cleaned house. Probably one of the best teams in the country. You put Kentucky, you put Michigan State in that, in that conversation. They went out and cleaned house in the transfer portal. They really upgraded. Did a great job. Great job. But the position that they felt like let them down in 2018, getting over the hump when they were 11th in the country, lost to Tennessee, the one position they need to improve was quarterback. And they went out and got Will Levis. And this was supposed to be it. You you you, you get Will Levis. You get Waddell Robinson. And then you add him with Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen, this is, this is supposed to be like the offense. This is supposed to be the move. Stoops has the defense. He's a defensive mind. We, we just go get an offensive guy. You saw LSU do that. Like Ed Orgeron won the national championship, guys, and he, he's out two, two, three years later. Stoops was like, I know defense. Let me just go get an offensive guy. Give me a transfer quarterback, and we're going to be like LSU. Not so fast, my friend. Will Levis had a up-and-down season until Saturday. Ben. Check this out. I got something for you. This is me showing my compassion, Kentucky fans. I understand why you're mad. I understand. I'm compassionate. I understand. I empathize with you. I get why you're mad. When you're saying really mean things on Twitter, things that your, your pastor would be very disappointed in you, your boss at work would be very disappointed that you're saying these things to Tennessee fans on Twitter. Very, very disappointed. Probably be embarrassed, too. But I understand why. I understand why you're upset. Check this out, Ben. This is why they're upset. Will Levis had his best game of the, of the, of the, of the year. 
of the year, Ben. He had his best game of the year. He he had 372 passing yards. 372 passing yards. He was 31 for 49. Three touchdowns, had one interception. This was his best game of the year from a passing yardage standpoint. But this is what Kentucky did. Kentucky had 35 first downs, and Tennessee only had 17. They doubled us up on first downs. Kentucky also had 225 yards rushing net. They won that category. That's two. Passing yards, they had 387. That's three categories that beat us in. Total yards, 612. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of yards. Woo-hoo, woo Patrick Mahomes is impressed. The greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, even that offense is impressed. Yo, the LSU 2019 National Champions, they're impressed. 612 yards, that's a lot of yards, man. That's another category they beat us in. How about this? Total plays. Kentucky had 99 total plays. A program record, 99 plays. 99, a program record. Tennessee only had 47. Doubled us up again. <laughs> Doubled us up again. Penalties. Ooh. We had six. They had seven. They had some more penalty yards than us. We'll get to that later. Let me continue. Remember, I'm compassionate, Kentucky fans. I understand why you're upset. Time of possession. This is ugly. 46 minutes and 8 seconds. The Kentucky offense possessed the football. You know how long that is? Ben, that is a long time. That is a whole class. That is a whole period in high school. That is a whole, that's like third period. That's a whole period. It's the length of Tennessee Prime. You're right. That is a whole show. Tennessee had the ball for 37 seconds and did not attempt to run the ball in the first quarter. 37 seconds, time of possession for Tennessee in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got some more for you, Ben. So they, they had the ball for 46 minutes, which is basically like third period in high school. We only had the ball for for 13 minutes and 52 seconds, so 14 minutes uh, the whole game. So they won that, right? How about third down conversions? Dude, this is where the game is won, right? They were 12 for 16. They were 12 for 16. Let me, let me, let me get my calculator out. Let me get the calculator out. I need to, oh, that's 75%. Yo. LeBron James doesn't even shoot 75% from the free throw line, I don't think, in his career. You know how good 75% is? That is good. Now do the math on Kentucky in the red zone. I don't have that number here, Ben. We'll get to that. I'm going to let you get to that. Here's the the last stat. Remember, Kentucky fans, I understand why you're mad. I get it. Sacks. They sacked us five times for 21 yards. We only had three sacks for 25 yards. 
You go look at this stat sheet without watching the game, you would think Kentucky won by multiple scores. But, Ben, could you give us an update on the final score of the Tennessee-Kentucky game? Uh, the What's final up? score was uh, – let me check. Let me do my math. Carry the one from that Hendon Hooker touchdown. Carry the the two and the three from that Valus Jones and Javante Payton you, touchdown. Did you, did you add pie? Did you add 3.14 in there? Well, well, typically I would add pie, but I'm going to add cookies this week. And Call Josh Dobbs. Call Josh to help. Uh, 45 to 42. Vols! Kentucky fans, I'll be mad too. I would be mad too. I'll be very upset too. I understand. Your mean words, we'll let it roll off our backs. We know you don't really mean it. We know you're just venting. We know you're just upset. We get it. 42 to 42, 45 to 42, you still lose. And you, you found a way to lose. This is, this is why Tennessee fans, they don't respect Kentucky football, even though Kentucky football is better. And they deserve respect from a national standpoint. This is why Tennessee fans don't respect Kentucky football. Because, Ben, you mentioned it to start the show. Stoops is 2-7 and seven against Tennessee in a decade where Tennessee has been but booty terrible. They've been terrible. But I always find a way to lose to Tennessee. So, Kentucky fans, I get it. I, I understand why you're upset. Will Levis played like Tim Couch out there. And it didn't even matter. Will Levis had more passing yards than Hendon Hooker. And Hendon was willing and dealing. He was on fire. But a couple plays, Ben, cost Kentucky. A couple plays, Ben, cost Kentucky. A couple decisions cost Kentucky. Ben, you were at the game. You had a front row seat, front row view of the game. What were some of those plays that cost Kentucky in this game? Well, the the one play that Kentucky fans are complaining most about are the missed face mask against Tyler Barron when Tyler Barron had a big – uh, was it a tackle for a loss? I can't remember. I think it was. Oh, it was a, it was a tackle for a loss. Yes, mm-hmm. and 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 Tyler Barron did grab the Facebook face mask of the Kentucky player that he was bringing to the ground. Should have been a flag. And then Mark Stoops absolutely lost his mind on the sideline. He got a fifteen yard penalty. But in the moment, yes, I would be upset too if I'm a Kentucky fan. You know, the rest lately missed that that call. But it didn't matter. It didn't even matter that Stoops got the got the penalty because they picked up the fourth down in 20 freaking, what, 21, 24? 24. My goodness, they picked it up anyways. Yes. So that's not why you lost the game, Kentucky fans. That's not why you lost the game. This is football, Kentucky fans. Come on, come on, come on. Stay with me here. Stay with me. That's not the reason why you lost the football game. That's not the reason. You still had a chance to win. You lost the football game because for some reason, I guess you thought you was Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I thought, I guess y'all thought y'all was Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss going forward on fourth down right before the half. It was, was it fourth down and four? Fourth down and four? Yep, fourth down and four. Trying and to get it to Wanda Robinson, and he couldn't bring in – the catch, which that's that's another thing in that sequence. I know I know you're about to get into it, Swain. 
yeah, yeah, but yeah. but nobody's really mentioning on third and fourth down of that possession where Kentucky turned it back over to Tennessee right before the half. Wanda Robinson dropped two passes back to back on third and fourth, uh, especially the one on on third down. They they were difficult catches, uh, especially the the fourth down one with the way that the ball was thrown, but. Wanda Robinson probably should have caught both of those passes. I bet he would tell you that. I bet you would agree with him telling me that. Um, and if he catches those, then Tennessee can't put up points before the half. So, Mark Stoops, let me try to understand. Because this is what compassion is all about. You try to understand the other, other side of it. You try to put yourself in the shoes of someone else. This is what compassion is about. We're giving you a lesson on compassion today, guys, okay? It is fourth down and four. Kentucky's at Tennessee's 39-yard line. They start their drive um, with two minutes and 36 seconds on the clock. One minute and 14 seconds on the clock when they decide to do what they did, which is go for it on fourth down. Now, could you have punted? Yeah, you could have. You could have, you could have done a quick kick. Now, if the ball went out of bounds, you're probably telling yourself, oh, well, 19 yards is not a big deal. You know, even if we kick it out of bounds, we only gained 19 yards. 19 yards would have been the difference in Tennessee being able to kick a field goal and not being able to kick a field goal. So they went for it, and they didn't get it. And you gave the ball to Tennessee at the 39-yard line, basically the 40-yard line. And now all they have to do is go pick up a few yards and kick a field goal. When if you just would have punted, and even if it went out of bounds, that's 19 yards you're saving yourself, Stoops. And let's say that you went, you know, quick kick, and you let the receivers go down there, Act like gunners and down it, man. That would have been that would have been even better, right? And Tennessee would have been forced to kneel it going into halftime. But no, Mark Stoops wanted to get on his Lane Kiffin and go for it on fourth down. For for me, this was a major major era for for Stoops, major era, because you have to kind of understand the flow of the game. You haven't stopped Tennessee yet. You gave up a touchdown on the first play of the game. Like, I would understand if Tennessee's offense was struggling in the first half, but Tennessee's offense was on fire in the first half, just like your offense was on fire in the first half. So why would you give Tennessee the ball at the 40-yard line with enough time to go down and score points before the half? Why would you do that when you know you were going to get the ball in the second half of the football game? So you want to be mad at somebody, Kentucky fans? Don't be mad at Tennessee fans. We, I mean, you better be mad at yourself. Be mad at yourself. Don't get mad at the refs. Yeah, they missed the call, but it didn't hurt you because you still picked up the first down. Yeah, the refs are bad. We know that. This is not new news. But they didn't cost you the game. They didn't cost you the game on that one. They did not. Your coach should have, should have punted in that situation. But yeah, I think it's time for us to take a break. We haven't done that yet. Let's do that. Let's, uh, let's get to Chris and Mobile real quick. All right, let's get the Chris Mobile. Let me I, let me just shut my mouth and and do <laughs> do what you say, Chris. What, good morning. What, what, what's going on, fellas? Man, what a game! Man. <laughs> How a, you do? I just want a quick question, man. Why was the Jalen Hyatt 
touchdown not looked at or reviewed at at all. I was wondering about that. I asked Troy Fleming that last night. I want to get you guys' take on it. Because his feet too big. He stepped out of bounds. <laughs> I saw. I, mean, uh, so he, I saw he stepped people, out of bounds. Yeah, people, people weren't too happy with that one. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was reviewable or need to be reviewed. Excuse me. Um, I mean, the referee saw that he stepped out of bounds. I mean, I guess I understand, you know, where you're coming from there. But, I mean, he stepped out of bounds. He stumbled a little bit. I mean, it was wide open. Great play design. Um, but, I mean, they blew the whistle, stepped out of bounds. I mean, you could technically go back and, and review it, but, I mean, they, 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 they blew the whistle and called the dead. I don't know if they can actually change it in that, in that, in that instance. But he stumbled a little bit. That was a touchdown play. I thought that should have been a touchdown. Um, but I understand he stumbled. It happens. But you got to go score that, man. You got to go score that. And maybe next time it happens. But he did stumble a little bit. But, man, what a what a play. What a play. Call. What a throw. Execution was perfect. We'll take our first break here live at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Over 150 vehicles in stock. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Stay with us. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. Business is still moving forward despite our work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why my friends at Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's at the office or at your home. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier of Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, create a layout, and make recommendations. Once you decide what pieces you want, Office Furniture Outfitters will even deliver and install new office furniture for you. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area. Or check them out online at OFONOX.com. Give them a call at 865-254-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters. Providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any Written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for Pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. 
When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. The sun is shining in Knoxville. If you are watching on Swain Event TV, you can see it, man. The sun is all in my eyes this morning. As the sun is coming up, hope you are enjoying your extra hour of sleep this week, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for making the Swain Event party of, of your morning. We are live here at Bay Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Well, I am live. Ben is back in the Low T Central Studio. Bay Chevrolet will... Buy your vehicle. They will trade for anything. Over 150 vehicles in stock. BeattyChevrolet.com. And, um, yeah, I thought high stepped out of bounds. I mean, I, I think in that situation, you know, if you are the officials, you let that play go. and uh, If he scores, cool. And then you go and review, and then you can mark it where he stepped out of bounds. But for them to blow that thing dead like that, that referee definitely saw um, Hyatt hit the orange, excuse me, hit the white um, chalk on the out-of-bounds. So it was a great play design, a lot of great plays, a lot of guys running wide open. Uh, Valus Jones, Jalen Hyatt, I mean, those are massive, explosion type of plays that was drawn up by Hypel and company that, I mean, we're talking one was a touchdown, the other was a probably, what, 40, 50-yard game? Huge. I mean, Wide open, and 
the Stoops defense, remember going into this football game, they play that umbrella defense, Ben. Ben, but don't break. Keep everything in front of you. And they couldn't do that. First play of the game, we missed it on tennis on, uh, on Tennessee Volcast. Couldn't, we didn't even see it. Because they had the game on, what was the game? What, what, what was the game before? Cincinnati, Tulsa. Oh, Here, here's a oh, a pro time. a pro tip to avoid that issue. Uh, if if you have a direct, well, not even direct TV. If you have a a TV login, all you have to do is go find the game on Watch ESPN and go click on Tennessee Kentucky, and it takes you straight to that individual football game rather than the channel, in this instance, Tennessee was playing on ESPN2, it, it, it takes you straight to the game rather than the channel. So if you see a football game going long before Tennessee or a basketball game going long before Tennessee and it's on ESPN, then all you have to do is pull up Watch ESPN, whether it be on the ESPN app on your phone, on, on your iPad, online, just go find notes. the individual game on on Watch ESPN, log into your cable provider, or if you're subscribed to ESPN Plus, and you can go click on the individual game, and it takes you straight to the game, so you don't miss uh, I- anything uh, because go, it's, it's not overlapped when you go click on the individual game. Yeah, there we go, man. We learned something pro, today. Pro tip I no for, for future reference now. Well, you wouldn't have this problem this week because it's a CBS game and, and nobody's on in front of Tennessee. But uh, if if it were ever a CBS game, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Maybe CBS allows you to pull it up individually online, but you won't have to worry about that issue this week. Yeah. Well. Well. Hey, man. I learned something. But when you when you when you're trying to execute a new broadcast. 20,000 moving parts. Hey, I missed the first play. But, hey, Tennessee scores the first play of the game. Um, Kentucky wanted to keep everything in front of them and couldn't. They just could not do that at all. Um, but that was good right there. That's good. That's good note from, from you, Ben. I, <laughs> I, I just shake my head and laugh at, at the fact that we won this football game and – Typically, the way Kentucky won several different categories, nine times out of ten, that team wins. But a few plays that really stood out, Ben, there was a difference. One was the decision to go forward on fourth down and four, Stoops before the half, and then the pick six from Alante Taylor. Because defense was getting torched. Defense was getting torched. And I uh, equate it to a boxing match where, you know, you, you fight a 12-round um, fight. And f- for, for, for 12 rounds, Rocky getting beat down. And most of the movies, Rocky gets beat down, right? Like, Rocky never leaves the ring without both eyes swollen and bleeding everywhere. He gets beat down. And then at some point in the movie, he finds his inner strength. And it's a one-hitter quitter. Boom! And Rocky wins the movie over. And Rocky and Adrian are happy. All that good stuff. That was Saturday, man. Like, Tennessee was getting crushed. Haymaker after haymaker. 
jab, uppercut, hook, body shot, head shot. And then Tennessee's defense, just like Rocky, got a little bit of energy. And Alante Taylor had to pick six. And that was the difference. That was one of the differences in that football game. That and the field goal was the difference in yeah. the football game. Uh, the Obviously, Tennessee wins by three. So, Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman's execution on those back-to-back-to-back sideline receptions to get Chase McGrath in, in field goal range and for him to knock it through there in a, in a clutch situation – was significant. That that was obviously the difference because of uh, the the score in the the final score. And, and then I thought the the difference in turnovers as as well. Uh, Tennessee scored on on its turnover that it forced, and that was obviously huge. Alante Taylor did a great job of of reading Will Levis's eyes and and jumping the pass and and not looking back. Just a, a great play by him, and it's it, it was such an intriguing game in, in which Tennessee's offense was was pretty much doing whatever it wanted to, and and Swain there in that first quarter and and some change, I, I thought Tennessee was going to run away with the game um, un, until the first Tennessee fumble when. It looked like Jabari Small did not clamp down on the handoff, the option, read option, zone read, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, it appeared to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it appeared to me that Jabari Small did, did not clamp down. Regardless, there was some miscommunication between Jabari Small and Hendon Hooker on, on the handoff, and uh, it resulted in a fumble. Kentucky could not stop Tennessee until that point, and I thought that gave – Kentucky a lot of momentum and allowed them to get back in the game right before halftime because Tennessee was about to score and make it 21-7 and that fumble allowed Kentucky to to pick up some momentum and, and get back in the game uh, so I thought that play was was huge and until that point I thought Tennessee was gonna run away with it quite frankly football man it's so it's so cool so unique because the momentum shifts that you see and how one play that is executed or you fail to execute can be the difference in you losing or winning or you in a dogfight when you shouldn't be in a dogfight or busting the game wide open. You know, Tennessee goes and scores first play of the game, and, and one of the keys was start fast. Well, you can't start faster than the first play of the game. Um, the only way you can start faster is returning the kickoff for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So you scored in the first play of the game, and Kentucky goes out, and they answer. They did a good job. Listen, they're 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 solid team, good team, whatever. So they answered. It's 7-7. Seven seven. And then Kentucky uh, is unable to stop Tennessee. Tennessee goes down and, and scores uh, again. Scores again. And, and this time it was 72 yards to Vailis Jones. And by that point, Tennessee had put up 14 points and basically had ran four plays. <laughs> Hold on. One, two, three, four plays. Yeah, four plays. 14 points, four plays. And the crowd is back on their on their hands. And Tennessee's defense had a chance to, 
to to stop Kentucky and and get the ball right back to a blazing hot hot offense, but it didn't work out like that. Um, well, actually, actually, it did work out that way. Tennessee got the stop and um, they went for a field goal, and their field goal kicker missed it, missed it from from fifty. Here is where Tennessee had a chance to knock this game out of the park. Right now, right here at the beginning of the second quarter, Tennessee gets the ball on the 32-yard line and on their own 32, and we go out and we hit uh, Jalen Hyatt uh, after the Javante Payton reverse, which I don't know why we run a reverse with Javante Payton. Um, Give me Velas Jones. But, I, listen, he's fast. You try to catch him off guard, I get it. It just didn't work. Give Kentucky credit. And then next play, we hit Jalen Hyatt for the 41-yard game. And here's where, like, the small details, like, matter. This is a game of inches. So instead of scoring that touchdown, which that was a touchdown play, now you come back and it's first and 10 on the 29-yard line. And then the next play on second down is when you had to fumble. So you had a chance to go up 21-7. I mean, in explosive play fashion. But the step the step out of bounds and then the mesh point fumble, and I don't know whose fault it is. I don't think it really matters. Um, but, but I, didn't see, I didn't see the ball actually put in the, the, the belly of Jabari Small. Uh, I feel like he was on the side. Anyway, so I don't know if that was, you know, the running back's landmark, his angle. Was he off track there? Or was that Hendon not putting the ball in his belly completely? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. You shouldn't have those issues in November anyway, especially coming off a of bye week. So uh, both guys, you know, get the blame. It don't really matter whose fault it was. That should never happen, period. Um, but then you go out and, and that happens, and then Kentucky is able to take advantage of it and make it 14-14. And now we're in a dogfight. But that little that little play right there, that little sequence, man, could have been the difference in Tennessee uh, blowing that game wide open. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, Ron, who is calling from Kentucky. Hey, Ron, good morning. Good morning, guys. It is a beautiful morning because this is one of the great times. I am very happy to be a Tennessee fan in the state of Kentucky because I have a lot of coworkers, a lot of friends, a lot of people I go to church with that love Kentucky, and they always rub it in when they win, and I just I just stay quiet and just smile whenever whenever we win, because I just, I just always know it's coming. I just always know there's going to be a mistake. Sure enough, there were multiple mistakes, mostly by the head coach in that game, that caused them to self-implode once again. Um, a few comments from the game, though. Um, I believe I saw an article out there, and I'm going to say this as quietly as possible um, so that Bill Kuyper doesn't hear me talk. Um, there's a couple articles out there that keeps calling Hendon Hooker had another efficient game. And that word, I don't know why, is starting to make me kind of cringe inside to hear efficient from him. That dude is balling. Um, and somehow make sure that Mel Kuyper doesn't hear me say that because 
that guy is 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 making him some money. Whether it's this year, or next year, he is he is he's balling. And so I want to give a shout out to Hendon on how how good he looks consistently every game. Not not efficiently, but consistently balling every game. Four touchdowns with almost four hundred plus yards and throwing almost seventy. What was it, Ben or Jason? So was it seventy five percent? Fifteen uh, of twenty, that, whatever the math is on that. At seventy-five percent, that 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 is that's balling, throwing that many yards and that many touchdowns. So I want to give my first shout out to him. Another one. I know the Tennessee media and Tennessee fans know how good Cedric Tillman's doing, but they need to start talking about him on national media. That 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 catch that he made was. I know it's not Randy Moss out there, but that was Randy Moss esque. That 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 is a special kind of catch, um, and look good doing it. I mean, get, getting getting the foot down, uh, and then follows it up with, with a beautiful catch in the corner of the end zone. Uh, I mean, Till, Tillman is making himself some money. Um, Javante Payton is making himself some money. Bayless Jones is making himself some money. And I'm not sure any of those boys had the move of the night. The move of the night was the shake by Jabari Small. Yep. The, that, 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 that ankle breaker was, I mean, me and my son are sitting and both of us just, you know, you know the, where you make the, oh, you know, you know the, the, how he, well, I mean, what a move. Just and what a one. game by the offense. You know, just what, what a great game by the offense. You know, what a uh, just – uh, very well called game, uh, you know. I, I, all those, uh, and I, I want to give a shout out to Heifel. Obviously, not all those plays were just our guys. I mean, there was a couple dial ups, obviously by Heifel. Uh, you know, Valus, uh, you know, calling a play that that, that got Valus on a linebacker to, to burning down the sideline. That that's obviously a scheme by Heifel. Um, a very great play call. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'll, I'll get off on listening to your comments, but I'm very excited to be a Tennessee fan in Kentucky right now, and I want to give a shout-out to all those four players, except I'm trying to keep Hendon down right now because I don't want Kuyper to talk about him anymore. But he is not efficient. He is a balling quarterback right now. That's all i got to say, guys. I'll shut up and listen. See you. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for the phone call. And, and I am thrilled of what we're seeing from our offense. I'm thrilled for Hendon Hooker. Uh, I mean, hitting adversity, being over overcome, and then playing his best football of his career right now. I mean, it's 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 truly awesome to awesome to see. I mean, it's great to see. Um, but as far as NFL, he's gonna have to answer answer some questions. Then the questions will be, okay, does what you're doing in the Josh Heupel offense does it translate? Because you're not gonna get those dial up plays where guys are running wide open like that. Um, can can your game translate? And so Hendon's going to have to answer that question, whether it's this year or next year. Um, when you play an offense like this, you know sometimes it's, it, it, you know it gets put against you. Is it the offense or is it you? I think Javante's catch and run was a was a good moment for him because it showed what he does with the ball after he catches the ball. It wasn't a, a wide open touchdown like we saw against Florida now the, the touchdown is good him showing off his speed was good 
but his catch against Kentucky in run was more impressive from an NFL scout standpoint than the touchdown against Florida because it was wide open and it was it was scheme it was a dial up from from the coach. Um, but I love I love everything about about that phone call um, for sure. And I don't even know why Kentucky fans will be giving you crap. Stoops, Stoops is what. Two and seven Ben against against Tennessee. Yes, and and I mean, why, why would he be getting crap for you know twice in only a decade? That, and then that, Rick Barnes owns Calipari, so oh, I don't know yes. why you getting oh, yes. crap anyway. Th- th- that's where I'm going uh, because I, I got a text on on Saturday night from my good buddy Connor Pavaloni, former Tennessee catcher, and he said, "Correct me if I'm wrong here, but baseball series win, softball series win." Soccer, dub. Football, dub. Basketball, we split. But Rick Barnes owns Coach Cal and is six and eight. Again, Coach Cal is six and eight against Rick Barnes. Uh, is this what it feels like to own a school athletically? And and yes, Pav. Yes, it is. So uh, Kentucky fans haven't had much to talk about when when it comes to to beating Tennessee of late. Yeah. I- yeah, I see. I see the shade for Kentucky fans talking about how bad our program is right now, and I'm like, you can't say that no. because even you haven't taken advantage. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, man, this is this is fun. Oh yeah, back on my on, on my um, you know compassionate tour. <laughs> Kentucky lost to Tennessee, a program. That's had up to 30 guys transfer. This is the third coach that Mark Stoops has seen since he's been in Kentucky. We've had injuries. We haven't had a quarterback. And he found a way to lose to a bunch of dudes that just got here in the transfer portal and is playing for the first time in a brand-new system with a a first-time head coach in the SEC. And Stoops has been in the SEC since – 2013, and Josh Heupel outcoached Stoops. Yes, that I mean, that that add was, that on. Yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways, Swain. Uh, especially when I sit down on on Sunday and uh, I, I watch some college football shows that I like to record and and watch back on on Sunday. Obviously, during Saturday, I don't get to take in college football, SEC football as a whole, like I like to. Just like on. on this Saturday, I only got to watch the first quarter of the Army Air Force game, and then I was off to, to Lexington for the day and didn't get to really watch any football other than on my iPad as I'm up there at the press box. And even that, I'm not really paying attention. I don't have the volume up. I'm just kind of glancing at it every now and then. Uh, but I like to go back on, on Sundays, and uh, I like SEC football final, which is at the end of uh, the day's action on the SEC network with – uh, Gene Chizik, and, and this week it was Chris Doring and, and Benjamin Watson. Uh, they rotate guys in and out, and they go back through, and, and they talk about the games. And, and ESPN has college football final. I, I like to watch those so I can get a, a grasp on, on what's going on in college football. And one takeaway that I had this week, and it, it's been trending in this direction to, to have this takeaway, but uh, just even more so this weekend because of all the the coaching blunders and coaching malpractice throughout the country even heightened how good of a coach Josh Heupel is, in my opinion. Tennessee has a really good football coach in Josh Heupel. 
and, and not only a, a good football coach in Josh Heupel, but a really good coaching staff that Josh Heupel has assembled. Uh, will it work out at, at Tennessee for, for Heupel in, in the sense of getting Tennessee back to Atlanta or, or, or trying to get them into the playoffs? I, I, I don't know. He's going to have to prove that over time. But I know at minimum, Swain, Josh Heupel is a good football coach, and he has a really good coaching staff that is good at coaching football and making adjustments and scheming up uh, an opposing defense and opposing offense and, and coming up with things that, that are going to allow their players to be successful. And it, it was even more magnified this weekend for me when you look around and you see what Florida did when you look at Alabama struggling with LSU. Uh, there, there were several other games uh, throughout the country and, and which were head scratchers. Uh, Josh Heupel's coaching job this season and on Saturday, Saturday night was magnified this weekend in particular for me. Let's get to... Got Dave Tone. We're going, we're going to the phones or we're taking a break? We'll get uh, Dave Tone in here real quick before we hit the top of the hour. All right, sounds good. Let's do it. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead take your break because I'm going to be a little long. Go ahead. We got you on. Go ahead. All right. So I think the most impressive thing in the, in the whole entire game was scoring 45 points in, what, 11 minutes? Is that what we had? 11 minutes? Uh, thir- it was, um, was, it was, I think it was 13, I said earlier. Time possession. Still, a, still an amazing situation. 13 to 46. 14. 14. 14. 46, I'm sorry. 14. 14 minutes. That's incredible. Incredible. And we only had the ball like 30-something seconds in the first quarter. 30. What the hell is that, Daytona? I was winding up my window, Swain. It's cold be down sti- here in Florida. Be, Daytona, be still. Sounded like you pooted. Yeah, man, be still and focus, Dayton. You're doing too much in the background. Hey, I was stopping to get some breakfast. I got y'all something, but remember y'all weren't here. All right, Matt Jones. So, anyways, okay. So, that was that was absolutely amazing, okay? Uh, now, which side of the ball are we thinner on, guys? Is it, is it the offensive side or the defensive side? Oh, and then defense. one other thing, and then I'll jump off. Uh Two other things. Did Walter Nolan commit to Texas A&M? Who? Walter Stop, Nolan. Ben. Who is that? Ben. Uh, I guess he did. Uh, and what what is our defensive issue, Swain? I know you played offensively, but what is our defensive issue to where we are giving up so many yards to uh, – so, like, Levis isn't even really that much of a running quarterback, but he ran all over us. And it just seems like any quarterback that has any mobility has just been tearing us apart. And we are so small at linebacker. Our linebackers are small. Um, Daytona, uh, uh, Kentucky's offensive line is good. That's one. Uh, number two, we unable to get off blocks. Number three, number three is... You know we're not we're not that good at linebacker. We were playing out of our minds early in the season, but we got exposed. We're not that good. We need guys who are bigger, stronger, faster. Will Levis was running through linebacker tackles. 
I can only imagine what Al Wilson was thinking watching that game, watching running back, uh, a quarterback running through arm tackles from the linebacker position. So, yeah, that was that was a big reason. Uh, that was a big reason why the defense looked the way they did, you know, is they ran the football effectively, efficiently. And, they, listen, they're, they're, their line's good. Some of that stuff you got to give the credit to the, to the offense. And then some of it was just, just us not, not being good enough, us being passive, I thought, in times with our calls. I thought when Tim Banks decided to put pressure at the end of the game, that was a huge difference. That was a huge difference. You know, gave up the 4-for-24 playing passive and then said, you know what, let's go after them. And that was a difference because I think if we would have played passive like we did on that 4-for-24, they would have they scored a touchdown, man, and probably won the game. So uh, good job adjusting from our defensive coaches there in the last job. But I thought it was a combination of bad matchup, bad execution, play calling could have been better, but you find a way, you find a way to win. 865-255-03, live at Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Stay with us. Be right back.